Yes, another episode of Inside the Ten today. Joining me is Irish American football stalwart and Wolfhound head coach Kieran O'Sullivan. Coach, how you doing? All good, Jimmy. All good. You're a you're 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 a busy man these days. Back on the road scouting games for the Wolfhounds. Yeah, the season is back in full flow. No games are, you know, it's it's a compacted season, so the opportunity to see games. Um, is is just like every week there's a, an absolute cracker that um you know i don't get to them all and some of them you just look at and um you know you just wish you had like a game pass that you could tune in and see every <laughs> single game and the breakdowns and everything but the, there's a lot of football happening and it's good that is that that's definitely an opportunity for the league there to put some sort of live streaming system in place and we have seen success in the past with the the live stream of, of the Shower Bowl. Um, Coach, the most recent outing for the Wolfhounds was a defeat, uh, a, quite a narrow defeat, maybe not reflected on the scoreboard, but certainly on the field against Team Spain in Madrid. What did you learn from that game as a team and as a coach? Well, we'll, we'll take away a lot from it. Um, I mean, you know, we, we've obviously reviewed the tape and we're going over it, but one of the things that um, it gets a bit... Um, tiresome when you're listening to other coaches and in other codes talking about defeats they get into this um sort of coach speak if you like um we lost the game fair and square against a very good team and it showed us the bar is set a, a little bit higher um than we expected going into it it showed us that everybody has to have a good day when you're up against a team like that um at this level um, you know, there's no room for complacency. But also we learned a lot about, you know, how we need to travel um, and improve on how we travel as a team. Now that's not the logistics or just the logistics of, you know, the, the plane ride, the bus and so on, but the mentality of it, you know, that we should, there were quite a few um, late obstacles that arose or, you know, you could call them psychological landmines or whatever you want to call it. Um, and they were, they, they kind of arose from lunchtime on game day and you know it was tough then to, to to overcome those in a short space of time so um we need to be a, a little bit harder a little bit tougher um psychologically going into these games uh just make sure these things don't don't trip us up or affect us yeah the, the psychological element is is certainly a key factor do you think yourself that the the time difference or the gap between international fixtures and maybe the gap between the team being together as a unit had an effect on the outcome of, of the game? Um, no, I think I think we prepared for it really well. Where it's having an impact is not having a follow-up game uh, quickly. You know, if, if you think about it, we're all used to club football. It's the majority of our football after all. And um, you know, you have a bad game with your club, you just cycle back into a, a game in the following couple of weeks so that you, yeah. your review is done. So our review was done in the same way. Um, you can't replay a game just like a club game. We can't go back and, and start over. We have to prepare for the next opponent. So our next opponent isn't until August. So, um, you know, that's something that we're, we're, we're having to deal with, that we don't get that ability to... Um, get back out on the field and set things right or, or test ourselves again um, you know and that's what's that's where it's hard not so much in the run-up to the game 
because it was our first ever European Championship game. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and COVID and everything else that came before it, we were kind of a, every everybody was coming into a cold, to be honest. But um, yeah, certainly afterwards, we're you know we need this game, this upcoming game. It would have been nice if it was sooner, but that's the cycle we're on with the European Championships. Yeah, I mean, and that's almost a gap of of a year between the European Championship game against Spain and the next one, which is scheduled for August 5th, I believe. But it is a home game, so hopefully there will be, we'll, we'll get a good crowd down to support you. Do you have any idea who your opposition will be yet? Um, yeah, it's, it's Turkey. Oh, very good. So it's like the group we were in was uh, Spain, Israel, um, and Turkey ourselves. And then there were other uh, teams that were affected by the Ukraine, the war in Ukraine, that situation. So other people in our, our division kind of had to drop out previously. So it's a smaller division this time around. But yeah, it's it's um, it's Turkey. So you're, you're four, four and a half months out now. Have preparations started in earnest and how are, how are they going? Well, our first our first get together is um, in at the start of April. So, you know, we're, we're well prepared for that. No, we're, it's, it's a, our first session back after Madrid. So there's um, a bit of work to be done, but we're not going to focus too much on the Madrid result. We've done a lot of work in review. We know what we took out of it. We know what, you know, we need to adjust in terms of scheme and, um, you know, what the players need to adjust to. Um, so we've, we've covered all that. So we're going into this. Um, as I said, we're looking forward to getting back together as a, as a unit. Um, there'll be a discussion about Madrid, but we're not going to linger on it. Uh, you know, we need to move on. We've got a very important game um, and a compact domestic season as well. So while we get together in April, we're not going to get together again until after the Shamrock Bowl. So... You know, it's an important. So it, yeah, it it is quite a quite a a lead time. So this year we're, we're going to see a junior Wolfhound side featuring in the Global Ireland Football Tournament um, against a I believe it's a US high school team. But how how important is it to have that youth program to feed into ultimately the the senior program and develop those players for senior international football? Isn't it? It's it's like vital. It's absolutely vital. Um, if you just look at the weekend past with, you know, rugby and the Irish setup, the one thing that every international commentator is talking about when they discuss how functional and, and strong Ireland are at all levels is the youth game and how they feed into it, how our youth structures in rugby are solid, how our competitions for that age group are solid, and it's a feeder then into the senior group. Now, we're kind of coming at it from the other way around. So we've got established senior setup, we've got established senior coaching, and the youth coaching is, is, is a fledgling outfit at the moment, you know. Um, yeah. Like I've been to the, the youth football games last uh, last autumn, and the finals were, you know, they're fantastic. The talent there is amazing. But it's a very narrow base. So if you'd imagine, it's like the pyramid is upside down, with the, the larger bar across the top being the senior setup. And the very yeah. narrow pinnacle is at the bottom. Um, so we need to work to broaden the base of youth football. And the under-19 Wolfhounds team will be a driver for that. But it also provides an opportunity for players 
who are playing senior football and still meet the underage requirement for the under-19s, you know, that they might need a bit more experience. But still, if you've got, if you've got a kid who's playing league football in any of the AFI senior leagues, um, you know, they're getting a good grounding. And if their age limit is, you know, if, they, if they're eligible, um, they'd be a great addition as well. And it gives them somewhere to go and shows them, you know, a kind of a, a foot in the door to what the Wolfhounds program is all about. So it's, it's just win, win, win after win for this uh, program. And, you know, Coach Lamazny is a great coach, a uh, great guy. And, you know, I'd say the kids who are going to be working with him and his coaches on that program, um, they're going to learn so much in the run-up to the uh, game in Donnybrook. Uh, and is that an area of focus for you, developing the, the youth element of American football in Ireland? Is, is that something that needs to be that needs more focus from, from the league and from, indeed, from the international programme as well? Well, I think from teams, um, you know, like we, we've seen, again, looking at Cork and how, how solid they've been over the last number of years, they've run a youth programme that's been fairly well dominant in, in their age group. And those guys are now starting to feed into their senior team. You know, and that's, that's exactly the way it should be, you know. Um, and if we can replicate that, across even half the clubs in AFI um, you're looking at a very healthy future for the game and a very healthy future for our international team as well both under 19 and senior um, it has to be a focus for for clubs going forward you know there is it's it's probably the big miss that we've had over the the last like well forever basically you know this is like there were attempts at youth football previously, but this is the first serious attempt at, at youth football in the last couple of years. The way the, the league was run, yeah. You know, I know Coach Doherty in um, in in Mullingar. He was he was working on it as a a member of the board and, and driving it forward. And as I said, the work done by coaches in in some of the programs, the Panthers, the Knights, um, you know, the Vipers. You know, there's been some really solid work done. Kildare were, were really strong with youth football going back over a longer period of time. So we need to push it on. We can't just have four or five teams out of a 20-plus teams providing youth football outlets. So with the growing pipeline of youth players coming through, there must be, and indeed the, the, the senior players who are new, new issues of sport are emerging as talent, you know, there must be some stiff competition for spots on the on the squad at the minute. Yeah, the um, the senior squad is it's a senior squad you're talking about, is it? Yes. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the senior squad it it's a talented group. Um, mm. The remit really is for players at this point, you know, coming in is that they have to set a higher a higher standard than our depth and be at a level that they are competing for starting roles, um, which is a high bar to grasp. So um, we're seeing it out there, though. That's the amazing thing. Like, players are becoming technically better. They're at, at yeah. fitter, stronger, faster. Um, you know, just looking at the Team Spain, they were made up almost entirely of two groups. So they were made up of the Barcelona... European team 
and like the majority of the squad came from there and the Spain under 19s team okay so you can see that the the impact that that had so that's you know they found that's an interesting way to go about it in terms of team selection and it was it was successful for them but you know we need to look at it and say right you know we we will accept younger guys coming in and if they've had a grounding from coach Lamazny and their club coaches at youth football level so they're coming to us at 19 but they may have played four years of football at that stage yeah they're good enough they're fast enough and they're football smart enough you know that's that's kind of the dream when you're feeding in younger guys who have the ability to challenge that's brilliant so the, the two games against Belgium were quote unquote friendly games the game against Spain and the upcoming the upcoming game against Turkey they're for keeps so is, is there a different psychological approach in how you face these games or how you how you approach these games in in, in the preparation no um <laughs> like a friendly game is basically you know the what would you say like the, it's the it's still, it's still a, it's still a game of american football like the, you know every, everything between the whistles everything in the run up to it is exactly the yeah. same you know it's only what happens after the game is, is different in other words it, it might necessarily impact on your league standing or a championship standing you know there, there's less at stake at that level but if you think back to what was at stake in Navin for the first game, so we were successful in that game. We did a lot of things extremely well, and we were we showed that we could compete at an international level with a really good Belgian team that went on to have several wins in Europe after after playing us. If we hadn't been successful or hadn't been competitive, you know the program was literally on the line. So competing in the European Championship is high stakes but the actual existence of your national team that's a lot higher yeah, yeah the, the stakes the stakes are still quite high in, in terms of friendly football when you're a fledgling club i'm sure for um other squads in europe who have more established teams um you know and and, and systems in place supporting them you know friendlies are you know can be framed in a different way but for us those two belgian games were absolutely massive and um you know setting a foundation showing people what we're capable of um so many positives came out of them you know um but it has to be remembered that before each game as you know as confident as we were in our ability to compete the result was up for grabs i mean both games were won yeah. on a one score margin so you know and I, I think you'd have probably had like um you know if, if there were uh, bookies involved the the spread might have been interesting to see what the odds were and you know what we'd have had to have done to you know even if we'd have lost those games what we'd have had to have done to establish ourselves in the same way um, like what would have been acceptable um, in terms of a loss for you know people looking at the program and seeing if it was viable yeah and how do you envision the national team, the Wolfhounds program, growing over the next five to ten years? What's the, what's the vision? Well, really, it's it's the European football cycle. So, um, you know, there's massive opportunities this year, just caused by numbers of teams who aren't competing. So, teams that would normally be competing, um, even with the Ukraine situation aside, so like the Dutch and the Belgian, um, haven't competed this cycle. 
so the seeding should be improved for next year next cycle um and what you would hope for is a real charge on promotion so playing more games in the european cycle when they when it's back to its full um capacity or full number of teams um would be great but pushing then to be in promote in the promotion battle and to push push on and see if you can even become more established that's the goal over over yeah. probably six years because of the two-year cycle so um you know you just look at it and you say well where are we going to go where are we going to go from here and um you know it, we weren't a million miles away from spain um probably so it's just it's just about keeping the momentum going after the next game and building on that and using that momentum into the into the into 2024 and beyond exactly right and the other the other goal as well is um i mean we're all used to to, to when we are, are watching other sports uh, rugby soccer and so on we're all used to like the international break international competitions being on the calendar uh getting into a cycle and a routine with that and that's something we as an association have to get used to as well yeah. you know it's a it's a strange thing to turn around to the clubs and say we have an international break you know the the second weekend in april um we've only ever had one before and what does that mean and you know how can teams prepare and plan for that and you'll see in other in other sports and codes where teams strategically plan around these breaks and use them to kind of as a reset button um for players who aren't involved in the international setup and it gives them a a bit of space in a congested schedule to be able to work on other things um so hopefully the clubs will benefit um you know almost as a, as a secondary benefit from the international break when it becomes just part of the regular cycle and, and we're used to it you know so us getting used to the um, international breaks as an association and then pushing for promotion they'd be the two major goals You've been involved in American football in Ireland for a considerable amount of time now. What's your What's your favorite football memory is that you, from your time? Is, in, is that you calling me old? Is that? Is, <laughs> I would I wouldn't I wouldn't dream of it. I I have I have so so many um, fantastic memories, you know, over the years, and you know it's um, some of them are just you know the people that you work with as a coach so um last summer i'm in glengariff having a meal outdoor dining and i hear somebody saying coach from the street and you turn around and it, it's sean leamy who i haven't seen in years and he was part of the uh underage team that was successful against the uh manitoba falcons way back in the very first gift tournaments yeah and, um you know it, it, it's it's the people basically a lot of the memories are based on yeah. people um so many fantastic games that i've seen um you know and, and individual plays um you know you just look at sort of comeback wins that andy then he constructed you know you're you know you're looking at you know something of a different level one of the games that stood out was the Rebels uh, versus the Belfast Bulls in Belfast's uh, Shamrock Bowl. And that went down to a goal line stand on the last play. 
um, amazing two amazing teams at the time. Um, you know, brilliant players on both sides. Two of the best running backs to ever play the game. Uh, Aaron Wagner and Brian Dennehy. Um, yeah, you know, those guys going head to head um, for all the marbles and the entire team coming up to make massive plays to to get into a position to be competitive. I think the lead changed a couple of times in the last few minutes of that game. Um, you know, they're like I get excited about football and I think of all all of those things. And um, you know, you think of you know young guys that you see for the first time learning how to play football as a club coach and then you see them go on uh, to be successful in Shamrock Bowls but then you know you get to the next phase where you see them go on to be successful in life um, yeah which, you know when, when even when they finish playing football and you're starting to see you know their family you know on, on Facebook and, and stuff like that it's just amazing it's, it's so many positives so many happy memories and um, you know I just couldn't think of a better way to spend 20 odd years to be honest that's that's great, coach. Well, listen. Best of luck with the preparation with the Wolfhounds. Best of luck in August, and I'm looking forward to attending my first ever Wolfhounds game, uh, wherever that may be. So, listen. Thanks for joining us, and all the best. You're welcome, Jenny. Thanks. Thanks for talking to me. Cheers. Take care. Bye.